everybody. We are back with the Q&A session 93. It's Saturday the 13th, not Friday the 13th. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> but many in the church, uh, not in Australia, but literally <laughs> down <laughs> under, <laughs> the virus just swept through the church. Tomorrow I will know how many are present. But just pray for us. We'll come through it. It's just a virus. Amen. We will not be beaten down by a virus. Amen. Right? But we just thank God. He still gives us the strength. So this evening as we come to the Q&A, again, we've got tons of questions. I don't think we'll be even be able to go through half of it. But we will, like, take the questions which we feel has more relevance to the times or the, what issues people are going through. So we will put it that way. The questions you send are always there in the data bank. Mm. It will come one day. Amen. We will answer. We only wish, hope you will be listening on that day. So this evening, before we go to the questions, let's look to the Lord who has all the answers. Yes. We don't have. Yes. He asks. He has all the answers. Father, we look to you, Lord. You are, Lord Jesus, the Alpha and, and the Omega, yes, the Lord. beginning and the end. Everything in between. You are the answer. So this evening, Lord, give us wisdom, discernment from above so that we know how to answer these questions, Lord. This is not a quiz session. This is people hurting people, mm. asking questions, many going through crisis, yes. and they know you have the answer. So help us, O oh Lord, to give them an answer which is true to your word and to your spirit. Mm. We commit ourselves, everyone who is listening, and we continue to speak healing into our own bodies. We receive that healing that you purchased for us 2,000 years ago on the cross. Yes, Lord. But we continue to believe and confess that there was a divine transfer on the cross. You took our infirmities and our diseases upon yourself. And you released your healing, your virtue into us. For it is written, by your stripes we were healed. We receive it, Lord. Strengthen us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yes, Pastor Vijay. Pastor, we'll start with uh, question number 15 uh, in your list. One five. Okay. One five. <clears throat> oh, we're starting with that. Okay. I'm 16 years old. I have a question. Why is persistence required in prayer? Does God have a certain amount of prayers required for certain situations? He knows our need, right? So we cannot talk, talk to God into something, right? We cannot talk God into something, right? Does God finally decide to do something after, after pestering Him? Do we earn answers through hard work and perseverance? <clears throat> uh, the purpose of praying is not just uh, getting the answers. The primary purpose of praying is to get to know God. You have to see it that way. We know God through praise. We know God through worship. We know God through the word. You know God through prayer. Prayer, in a way, is like uh, communication between two people. Mm. So the, if you are looking at prayer in a very narrow context, I have a need, let me go to God and ask for it, then you are uh, 
uh, you're limiting yourself. That's not the purpose of prayer, though it's one of the purposes. The real purpose of prayer is that we get to know God, we get to understand his will. Actually, when people persist in prayer, often their prayer request changes. Mm. They realize what they started with and what they now desire are completely different. The psalmist says in Psalm 37, Delight in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Mm. What happens is as you delight being in the presence of God, even your desires change. Mm. And you realize, you know what? What I, I, I mean, honestly think about any one of us. Aren't we glad God didn't answer so many of our prayers? Yes. So many. I'm thinking about Elijah. What God, Elijah, take my life. I'm no better than my father's. Boom, he knocked him out. What a tragedy it would have been for Elijah. He's still alive. That prayer is not answered. Okay, instead, what did God do? God got him to sleep, eat, took him, and you know what? He understood God so much more. Uh. Okay, and you must have been grateful even today. Lord, thank you. You didn't answer my prayer. <laughs> you know, you didn't answer my prayer. So, Purpose of prayer is not that I have a need, I go to God. Because the Bible says, Jesus says, God already knows what we need. But the, the, the primary purpose of prayer is that it is through the prayer closet that men and women have really encountered God and known God, the person of God. Mm. They really get to know God. Because you cannot be closer to God than your closeness in the prayer closet. Mm. In spite of all the word and everything that is there, you need to understand Jesus' life was defined by his prayer. And that's what the disciples asked him. Would you teach us to pray? Teach, teach us to pray. Okay. And that's one thing they didn't learn actually in their, his lifetime. They learned post Pentecost. So that is the first thing you need to understand. And then why is persistent required in prayer is because um, like a, like a, a, if you now looking in the context of answering a prayer, like let us say, uh, let's put my example. I ask for a prayer. Now, when I ask for a prayer, you need to realize if God were to answer that prayer, it does not just affect me; it affects my wife, it affects my church, uh, my family, mm. it affects because I'm a pastor. It affects my church. Okay. Yes. It's no man is an island. island yes. It affects so many people. So when you need to understand this, that when God delays answering a prayer, it is also because there are so many other people involved in it. Mm. Involved in it. Okay. And God has His own timings. Like when we, when God tells um, the other side of the picture, if you turn with me to Genesis chapter fifteen, okay. When God shows this vision to Abraham, okay, Abraham, okay, 400 years. and verse 16, 15, 16, he says, he gives him, okay, and in the fourth generation they shall return here, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Mm -hmm. So you need to realize, here is Israel groaning in uh, Egypt for release, and there God is waiting for the cup of iniquity to be full. Mm. Yes. Okay, full. So here they are groaning, here the cup is getting full. The cup has to be full and then only they can move in here. So there are so many things which are involved in God answering prayers. And therefore, yeah, let's go have the question back over there. Therefore, we need to understand why. And the thing is that 
if you go to Luke 18, why we need to persist is that, you know, Luke 18, verse 1. Yeah, he spoke a parable to them that men always Always. ought to pray and not to lose heart. And he gives the the story of a hardened, hard-hearted judge. But he says, the thing is that in the process, we are also building on our faith. There are different things God is trying to build, which is important in eternity, which which is important we will realize. If you turn with me to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. Excuse me, give me a second. Hebrews 6. And uh, verse 12. Okay, 6.12. We desire that each one of you should have the same diligence, the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those through faith and patience. Inherit the promise. If you come to James, again, the gospel, uh, the letter according to James, okay, and uh, chapter 5 and uh, verse 7. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord, okay? So if you look at it, if God were to answer all our prayers immediately, we would not have faith, we would not have love, we would not have patience, we would not have perseverance, we would not have endurance. None of these things would be built into our character. Nothing. And character matters to God. Matters to God. You know? See, when our children were babies, when they asked for something, we gave them immediately. But after that, we didn't. We didn't. Because then they wouldn't learn the lessons. You need to realize that, you know what? You need to learn to wait. Mm-hmm. Like the small one comes running, I'm hungry, can we eat? Wait. Let all the others come. No, I'm hungry, wait. Hmm. You're hungry, everybody is hungry, but we have a time for supper, right? Wait. And everybody comes. So you are teaching the child to be patient, to endure, to persevere. In the same way, you need to realize this entire ministry of prayer we learn so many things, so many things. You know? What does Elijah become at the end? The man, Elijah becomes, okay? And uh, how did he become? Because only one thing is written about Elijah. He prayed. He prayed, okay? So we'll realize this. Prayer is not just receiving answers from God. It is through prayer that, that prayer. I mean, basically, uh, let us use the other term for prayer as fellowship with two people. It is through fellowship people change. Fellowship people change, you know. Like uh, people, when they get married, they are very nice to each other for a little season. And after that, all the flesh starts coming out. Impatience and this thing, irritability and all, because the honeymoon is over. But over a period of time, you know your spouse You understand your spouse and you are patient. Mm. I mean, I hope patient. Mm. You endure. You persevere. How did it come? It came through a long relationship or fellowship. In the same way, God is trying to build this relationship in us. What is our fellowship primarily with God? It's our prayer. Okay, in the prayer, there is thanksgiving, there is praise, there is worship, but ultimately there is prayer. Okay, we said thanksgiving is utterance. Praise is utterance and prayer is utterance. 
it is through these three that we actually fellowship with God. Mm. And that is these three, God changes us oh, in his image. Because God is patient. God endures all our junk. Mm. And he perseveres. He never gives up on his children. He's loving and kind through it all. Okay, And so you look at all these things. That is the whole purpose of prayer. Mm. But it's a very... Uh, worldly concept like in religions prayer is basically uh, to get things out of God things out of God and that's not what prayer in Christianity is yes Pastor there's a question there's a part it says do we earn answers through hard work and perseverance what exactly do you how do you uh, decide the hard work and perseverance itself is what you have earned. Mm, it's not the earning of the answers. Okay, exactly. That you have learned to work hard. Amen. God mm. is a worker. God is a worker. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, my father and I are at work from the beginning. Hard work is something which will be appreciated in heaven. Yes. Because the reason is, here we get tired because of this yes. body that is perishing. In heaven, you get this new body, you're never tired and I believe you never have to sleep. But what if you did not Learn the ethics of hard work. Okay, it will be a loss. Okay, because now you have a body that never gets tired and you don't have the ethics of hard work while you could really work all eternity and serve this boss, this master. Okay, the, the kindest, most rewarding master for all eternity. And you realize you didn't learn that on earth. So hard work and perseverance. See, all these things Okay, it's not that we earn answers through hard work and perseverance. It is that God is teaching us hard work and perseverance, even as He delays the prayer. Mm. It delays, and the problem, one of the things which I have learned personally in example in my personal life is that uh, when God doesn't answer uh, certain prayers. After some time, the desire for that answer goes away, and you realize, okay, wow. so this was this burden was not from God. Mm-hmm. It was not from God. So it's good He didn't answer me because if He had answered me at that time, I would have gone in a different tangent altogether. No, altogether. No, when people pray for open doors, like I remember, if at that time, twenty-five years ago. If at that time I had put seven fleeces before God, not one, seven fleeces before God. And if God hadn't closed six doors and kept the seventh one, the one which I did not want, as I put it at the bottom, he shut all six and opened the seventh one, my life would have been a different life altogether. I don't think I would have met any one of you. I would have been doing any of the ministry I'm doing today because all the others was a completely different tangent. But he did not answer. And when he did not answer, there was so much regret and frustration. But he went by the seventh door. And after Mm. some time, you look back and you realize, thank you. You shut all those because that was the right one. So that's how it works. Like I said, when you go to God, always remember, he's always good. Mm. And all the plans he has for you is good. God does not have one single bad plan for his children. He does not have, he cannot have mm. because he is good. So when you go in prayer and when you persevere and uh, God doesn't answer, you need to realize he did not answer because he is good. Hallelujah. He is good. And if he answers, he is good. But don't be 
persistent if you have this nagging in your spirit that this is not from God and he doesn't want to give it. So it's always safe to say, not my will, but your will be done. Another thing I've noticed here is that person is 16 years old. I mean, I, I, I'm sure you know the yeah. person better, yeah, than yeah. I, better than I do. <laughs> mm. But having said that, uh, what is the uh, what is the what is the importance of maturing and age, these aging? Are, these in, are, in the, in these the are kids from New York. They have gone through a hard life, mm. and not I don't think they they should be blamed. I believe abused, whatever happened. So these children have come through off the streets. I believe they are in a safe place. And of course, I would, I would say when you are young and immature, I would rather that you pray mm. and not pray. <laughs> learn to pray. Okay. Learn to pray. So it's, it's good to pray. Okay. Good to pray. So it doesn't matter what your age is. Pray. Mm. Okay. Pray. Just pray and God will teach you through it all. But keep this in your heart always. God is always good. Whether he says yes, whether he says wait or whether he says no. He is good and he only thinks good things about his children. He does not have bad. He says, if you fathers being evil know how to give good things to his children, how much more will your father in heaven above all give us his Holy Spirit? Yes, Pastor Vijay. Amen. Pastor, we'll go to question number 16. Uh, this is again from... Well, you can talk God into something. Okay, there was that clause over there. Well, Israel talked God into many things and regretted it. <laughs> yeah. So please don't do that. I'm telling you, it will c- come back and bite at you. Question number 16. Uh, it says, if God is the one who draws people to him, why is it important to be strategic in how we share the gospel? Okay. Now this word called strategy and strategic and all are basically modern terms of evangelism picked up corporate planning, church boards and all. Let me go to scripture. Matthew chapter 9 verse 37. 37. Let's go with scripture. Okay. Okay. 9, 37, 38 if I'm right. Okay. Yeah, he said to his disciple, "The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest." Jesus is telling us something. He's telling his disciples, "You see what? There is harvest, and there is the Lord of the harvest. The Lord of the harvest is the Holy Spirit." Hmm. He says, "You know what? You pray to the Lord of the harvest. Strategy comes from the Holy Spirit." strategy okay what happens is that when holy spirit has just become a doctrine has become a doctrine then people sit together put their heads together and come up with strategies okay strategies even if you look at the biggest mission boards and all how many of them really really seek the face of god before they strategize Okay, let's go to the book of Acts. Let's look at a couple of examples. Okay, Acts, uh, we look at the individual case and we look at a corporate case. Okay, Acts chapter 8 and verse 29. Simple. The Spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. Very simple. Okay, who spoke to Philip? The Spirit spoke. (coughs) What happened as a result? 
the gospel reached Ethiopia. So there's no strategy here. There's a lot of the harvest was involved over here, and Ethiopia receives the gospel. Okay, now if you turn with me to chapter 13, Acts chapter 13, okay, and verse 1 to 3. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manin, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, it's so simple, their ministry, meaning they're praising, they're worshipping, they're singing, they're praying, they're fasting. The Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Where does strategy come from? Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. And you know, after that, it's the rest of the record is about how God uses one man called Paul. But that's also, with our church also, it's very simple. Like when we started 14 years ago, I still remember one of the first things God told me. We started on a June 1st, <coughs> 2008, right? 2008, yes. He told me, record all your messages. And you wouldn't believe I had a small little, what do you call that? Uh, MP3, play, MP3, MP3 player. MP3 player. Okay. And uh, I just recorded on that. At the first message, you will have, uh, what do you call, call it? Chosen and call faithful. chosen and faithful. I just obeyed. I mean, at that time when you are starting, I wasn't even, I wasn't even thinking about starting a church. I didn't even realize it would be a church because I was just thinking, okay, I'm gathering in home. We had some 10 or 15 people. Most half of them were children gathered in my friend room. People all sat on the floor, recorded the message, and then two weeks recorded the message. Then he said, start a simple web page, very simple web page, no pictures, and just upload all the messages. Okay? And the rest was simply history, how our messages went. No? At one point, we had over 15,000 people subscribed to our podcast, podcast, and we reached like over 180, 90 countries. How did it happen? Did we strategize? No, we were simply obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And then COVID, this thing came in and how God worked it out. Just before the lockdown came, everything was moved in over here. And from that time onwards, we've been praying. We have never stopped. You know, you see, God has given us the Lord of harvest. Mm. Harvest is his job. It's not mine. I can't do it. He is the Lord of the harvest. What is evangelism about? It is about harvest. And Jesus very clearly said in Matthew 9 and verse 38, pray to the Lord of the harvest. And the book of Acts is not the Acts of the Apostles. It is the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Acts of the Holy Spirit. And I believe in these last days, Churches have to become even more dependent upon the leading of the Holy yes, Spirit than ever before because I believe before the end comes, there is going to be, uh, because let me give you that so that people will know where we come with this because we, we don't have to go with our own, uh, with our own understanding. You know, uh, chapter 14, Revelation chapter 14. And we will read from verse 14. We'll read from verse 14 onwards, okay? Then I looked, behold, a white cloud. On the cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and on his hand a sharp sickle. Okay, so it is harvest, what is got it. 
Another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Thrust in your sickle and reap, for the time has come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. Hmm. Okay, so we are talking about harvest. Hmm. He who sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. Mm. Then another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle. Okay? Another angel came out from the altar who had power over fire, and he cried with a loud cry to him who had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the wine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. So the angel thrust his sickle into the earth and gathered the wine of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. So mm. there are two harvests over there. Mm. One is the harvest of people who are being saved. Save, the save. other is the wrath of God. Mm-hmm. So we believe before the wrath comes, there is going to be a great harvest. Mm. It's going to be a great harvest. And that harvest which is written over there is absolutely supernatural. I believe people will be just swept into the kingdom of God like never before. There is going to be a, such a supernatural move of the Holy Spirit. That's be, because people are there in their closet crying out day and night and they don't give up. And when the Son of Man comes, the Lord of the harvest will move. There will be such a move and there will be people saved. And after that, the wrath of God begins. So, the Lord of the house. So, strategy, put strategy away. You should receive your strategy in the prayer closet. God will tell you what to do it. It may look like absolutely foolish mm. like us when we began. Foolish. Tell 10 people, 12 people sitting on the floor recording your message. For whom? For what? What are you going to do with this message? Who is going to listen to this message? But you still did. You still did. Mm. Okay, And then you put it up and then now we have churches around the world which came as a result of just Obeying the voice of God, which sounded foolish. That's why the Bible says he chooses the foolish things of the world because they will obey. The smart ones won't obey, they will strategize. <laughs> okay. Okay, okay. So let us receive our strategy. And to go with strategy, if you, if you go to that portion in Acts, you know, about uh, chapter 8. Okay? Yes. Okay. Yeah, verse 36 onwards now. Okay, 36 onwards. If you look at it, Philip's strategy was very simple. In Samaria, he preached Jesus. Mm. To the eunuch, he preached Christ. Very simple, if you look at it. Okay, 36. As they went down to the road, they came to some water. The eunuch said, see here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He commanded the chariot to stand still. Both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him. And now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. In verse 40, Philip was found in Azotus. Where did the strategy come from? <laughs> the Holy Spirit is a complete. I mean, for me, the thing is that no, I will refuse to say these things won't happen again. I believe in the I last. Believe the scripture I, I believe the scripture completely. I believe with all these restrictions, the most draconish measures that are coming and COVID restrictions, just money making enterprise for the system. 
like, you know, my brother-in-law and my sister traveled this morning to Dubai, you know, 6,000 rupees for a rapid test. Okay. Imagine a family of five people are going. You know what the fare for the rapid test itself is? Before that, they had to do RT-PCR. That was 1250, 2500 for two people, plus six. You know the kind of restrictions and six hours before you have to reach, and then unvaccinated won't be allowed to travel. All these restrictions going to come. And how are we going to reach the world with the gospel? You know what? These things will happen again. When no power on earth will be able to stop the servants of God who will be going with the Spirit. Who can? That's what the Bible says. When the enemy comes in like a flood, who is the one who raises the Spirit up? Of the, Lord. the Spirit of the Lord. Who can stop the Spirit of God? You know what? We need to go back to our drawing board. Our drawing board is our prayer closet and start hearing from the Spirit of God how to do our ministry. Each one here, just be faithful. Because God has got, it's not like Elijah, I'm the only man. We are not the only. God has got tens and thousands of others who haven't bowed their knees to this world system. And each one, just be faithful to what you're hearing in your closet. We are not competing. We are not fighting each other. We are just being faithful to God. And I believe it doesn't matter how close the country is, how difficult the system is, the Spirit of God will break every barrier and reach the gospel. And you don't, you, 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 you can't stop the Spirit of God. That's what Jesus says. The Spirit of God is like the wind. Who can stop him? He blows where he goes. Think about it. Ultimately, we think about it. Who can stop the wind? Mm. Absolutely. Who mm. can stop the wind? Nobody can stop <laughs> the wind. The wind cannot be stopped. It cannot be stopped. Okay. So that he compares. And I believe that's where it comes. We need to go back. We need to go and hear from God the word we have to preach. We have to hear from God. And we have to do it in the power of God. Our prayer, our seeking of God, everything. And leave it into the hands of God. Because we can do nothing, yet he can do everything. Amen. Amen. Yes, Pastor Vijay. That is the most comprehensive answer. Question, question number 18, okay. Pastor. Because I'm saying individually and corporately. What we saw in Antioch was a corporate. corporate. They got together. They, see, they were prophets, and all of them. And, and in, in fact, even in, the, even in the journeys of the Apostle Paul, Spirit hindered from going to Asia. Yeah. And then he was praying and then he got a call from Macedonia, Macedonia saying, saying, please yeah. come and help us. And that's, that how, that's how Europe started. Europe started. Exactly. Europe if that started. was not the case, then they yeah. think about it. Was it was the thing is that people think those things don't, don't happen. happen anymore. No, I'm telling you, it does happen. It does happen. No, three times, many, 25, 10, 7 years. Three times I tried to go into that one country. First time I had booked everything, gone the day before I left. Before I could travel, I was so sick like a dog. I couldn't get up from my bed. I had to cancel my ticket. Next year, again I booked. I said, I have to go. This is my burden. I need to go to this country. I booked my ticket the day before I could travel. I was so sick, I couldn't. The third year, I said, Lord, I want to go. I know the burden is there. I didn't know it was not his time the first two years. The third year, you wouldn't believe it. It was in the month of October. I saw a rickshaw, cycle rickshaw stop outside my house where I was staying in that northeastern state. And this gentleman, northeastern from, from, from Nagaland, he got out and he said, uh, are you Brother James? I said, yes. From Kerala, I said, yes. And he came and he hugged me and he said, I am a 
Pentecostal preacher from Nagaland. I said, oh, Pentecostal preacher from Nagaland? <laughs> Nagaland is all Baptist. Right. They don't accept you. He said, yeah, I was kicked out of my village, my church, everything. This thing. He says, you know what? He said, I heard about you. I wanted to meet you because I was mentored by a Malayali pastor. So I heard there's another Malayali pastor over here. Okay. You wouldn't believe. We sat, we talked, and it was suddenly he stood up and he started praying and prophesying. And he prophesied over me. He said, I see you standing in this church, in this city. And you are preaching to a congregation. And they are all afraid. But you will give them a word of encouragement. And then he said, are you planning to go to this country? I said, yeah, well, that's my desire. He says, you know what? I see you going. You didn't believe. The next month, the same day, I was in that country. I was in this country. And I was preaching a word of encourage to them because the persecution had started and the church was going underground. You know what? There is a God who is still the same God. And how God opened that door for me to enter into that country was practically a miracle because I couldn't go. I couldn't enter into the country. And then I preached at the border church. And I finished preaching in the border church. I was invited to preach. I preached and I was just, I was planning to go into this country, but I don't have a pass to go in. It's very difficult to get. Then when I finished, a gentleman met me outside. He said, I'm from Shillong. Hello, sir. You want to go to there? I said, yeah. He says, I work for CWC, CWC Central Water Commission. The project inside that country. I'm the head. And he says, I'm entitled to give passes to travel for CWC. You are my brother in Christ. Just come to my office tomorrow. I will issue the pass. You didn't, I just looked, wow. Because with that pass, nobody stops you. Wow. And this is by traveling by, 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 yeah, by, by road. road. Nobody mm. stops you. I could go. And the next day I have my pass and I'm in that country. I'm in that country. Mm. Okay. I'm telling it was all miraculous. And I had just one name. I had one name given from here. A lady was married to a citizen of that country. Her name and number was given. And I called that lady and the lady says, Oh, so where are you, sir? I said, I'm here. And uh, this hotel, she said, I can't come. My husband, who was not a believer, has taken the car and gone to play tennis. Uh, which hotel are you staying? I said, this one. She said, if you go down, there's a public telephone booth downstairs. There is a lady sitting over there. Her name is so-and-so, and she's a believer. You just go meet her. Because if you don't know a believer, you will not find a single church or a Christian here because you will not find that's how it works over here. So I went down, there's this lady sitting, listening with her earphones, and I said, Jai Masi. She was shocked. Then I told, you know, she introduced me to the pastors. Before I left, a week later, before I left, I had ministered to the pastors, preached in the churches. And when I was coming back, you wouldn't believe when I was coming back, the church came to see me off at the bus station, and the driver was a believer. And the driver said, uh, driver says, he said, sir, give me your bag. And he put it in. The drivers have a special thing in the, in the bus to keep their stuff. So he put it there. At the first check post, the cops came. And they said, everybody come out, put your bags out. And they were checking everybody's bag except mine. Because mine was with the driver, so my bag was not checked. <laughs> okay. And then you have the, add the interesting side of it is that, 
when we stop for i'm just telling you about mission mission is incredible okay you have your you, you sit at the edge when these things happen <laughs> okay sometimes the heart goes the driver we stop for lunch and everybody goes for lunch and the driver says sir you come with me you know where the driver eats inside his lunch is free <laughs> because there are different restaurants so wherever he stops all the customers go over there no so i got even my lunch free because they thought i was with the driver <laughs> I'm telling you, mission experiences are, and I've always seen. You know what? You trust God; He will take you through. He will take you through. He will take you through. I have had oof, scary experiences once. Okay, I'm like, and like I said, no, I learned this from a man of God who went to be with the Lord, called Brother Andrew. And if you haven't read, you should read read Brother Andrew's book called God's Muggler. As when I was young, I read this thing. I said, "Woo, this is real for real." Okay, until it happened to me. Like once I was in a particular place, and I was taking money. Okay, for underground church, and it was in my bag. I had, I mean, it's dangerous. Okay, I had a lot of money with me taking from underground church. The problem was. I was going there after going through another state, and there was massive issues. So, the bus stops, and it is not the cops. The army gets it. Wow! And the first thing they will say is, "Put all your bags on the seat. Everybody out. Open your bags. Everybody out." They catch you with money. You are in trouble. Because they want to know what is this money for? Are you coming here to give it to the terrorists or what? And I am on seat number one, seat next to the this thing, and my bag is on the top. You wouldn't believe. I was just standing outside and praying, Lord, you're the God who made blind eyes see. You can make seeing eyes blind. They got it. They checked every bag and came out without opening my bag. My bag, they just passed through. They didn't touch my bag. Every bag they checked, except my bag. And they walked out and said, "Thank you, Lord." Okay, so these things have happened to me many times. So I know there is strategy with this. Hallelujah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, when you are in dangerous mission, all your strategies will go out of the window. All you have left is the spirit of God. Lord, you lead me, or I am done. I am done here. You're on your own, but you realize all you need is this. Spirit of God has never changed. He's still the same person. He has never, never changed. He's still the same person. Wow. Praise God. So, Sami, this is question number 19 now. 19. Sorry, uh, 18, 18, Sami. 18, 18. Okay. Does sharing scripture make people hard in heart or does it break through their defenses and reservations? It is what we read in Isaiah chapter 55, 11, right? My word shall not go void. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. It shall accomplish what I please. Now, what I would tell you again, we'll come back. The same question we answered earlier. When you share scripture, Hmm. be led by the spirit. You know, be led by the spirit. Because what happens is that if you're not led by spirit, the flesh also can be manipulated by the enemy to share the wrong scripture. Mm. 
Okay, wrong scripts. You have to be very, very sensitive to the Holy Spirit because if you go back to Isaiah 55 and verse 11, it says, my word be that goes forth from my mouth. That is basically we are talking about Rema, the living word. Yes. Okay. So though the whole word of God is there written, scripture is there, the sword of the spirit is what cuts through. Mm. It is the sword of the spirit. So you have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Like, you know, when I went into that country and I preached the first time, I never preached in that country. I didn't know what they were going through. But I was, after God made all this entry, I still remember I, I had this Joshua chapter one over and over and over in my head. Do not be afraid. Be courageous. Be bold and courageous. Do not be afraid. Be bold and courageous. Okay. And that's a word with which I had in my know. Now, imagine I am going in the flesh and I start speaking them a prosperity gospel. It would look stupid over there. Look stupid over there. You know? Because you know what? What they needed was that. And they were comfort. They were encouraged. So many people came to me and said, this is just, do you know what we are going through? I said, no. Why are you going through? They said, the government is cracking down on us. So we... We are gathering very secretly. So this is what is happening over here. And the word you brought for us is, it's like from the Lord. Then I understood, you know what? <coughs> that is why the burden was there. So sometimes God stops you because yes, the burden is from God. The mission ground is from God, but you are ahead of God in your zeal. Mm-hmm. So two years he stopped me, but the zeal never went. That's what I said. Sometimes when you pray, pray, pray after sometimes the zeal goes, then your burden goes. It was not from God. It was your flesh. Let it go. But this would never go. Amen. So third year I went in. Yes. Okay, third year. So that's how you look at it because sometimes you can be zealous in your flesh too. That's what the, Jesus talks about the Pharisees. They're very zealous. He said they will cross the oceans to make a proselyte and make double the son of the, the son of the devil like he is. You need to realize all religions have zealots. Zealous in their this thing. But it is not from God. It is not from God. It can happen in Christianity too. It can be very, that's what Paul says. Some preach out of envy. But he says, I don't care. As long as Christ is preached, I don't care, he says. Because so we need to be very, very careful, no? So, so, we have to hear from God what is the word that he wants to speak. Tell somebody when we are sharing with, you know, sharing, you know. So especially when you are doing evangelism, one-on-one evangelism, I would always say is that, listen. Listen first. Listen, okay. Try to start a conversation. Try to start a conversation. Like Jesus did with the Samaritan woman. Hmm. How? It is classic case of evangelism. How we used, there's two things that is common. They both come to the well, both have come for water. And he started a subject, a talk, a conversation over water. Took from there to living water. And showed her a need. And then ministered to her. So always be led. He is the classic person being led by the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Led by the Holy Spirit. One of the simple ways which I always have done is that, you know what? Because you always have to be very, very careful in a country like India where people are religious. You know, very, very careful. So simple because before I started flying, I preferred trains and I used to travel a lot on missions. Simple thing is that I used to carry books with very clear titles. 
one of the simple things is to do is that to sit and take your book and read and you will see people noticing your title and a little later when the train stops at a station and people get out somebody will come and ask you a question and it opened i still remember i was re- I, i can remember books one was mere christianity that's how i met those entire missionaries who had come from canada i just took it up and they came to me another time i was traveling from guwahati to calcutta and had taken prison to praise by merlin carathers and i was reading and there was this nun in Catholic the nun in the corner watching me from the corner of her eye okay so when it stopped at njp 20 minutes stop everybody got up and then she came over and she asked me uh, are you a christian i said yes what do you do i said i'm basically a missionary missionary how come she the lord called me and she looked at me and said i've never heard god speak to me and she was a old nun and my heart broke i said you are in mission god speaks i said yeah he speaks he speaks that's why i left and i'm in mission this is what i was this is what i am doing god speaks Okay. So I could minister to her that we have a God who speaks. He's the one who calls. He speaks. You know? So there are different ways without being hostile, without pushing it into somebody's face. You know? Because we have to be very sensitive about it. Okay? So that we can always, we can always just allow God different ways in which to minister to people. You know, God will always open. So even the scripture that we give only the holy spirit knows what is appropriate or needed for them we may think this is what it needs but god says no that's not what it needs this is what the person who needs like jesus tells nicodemus this is what you need he tells a samaritan woman this is what you need okay so appropriate scripture but if you rattle off just like that they will not be they will not be willing to receive it okay mm. Again, I think Pastor is on the same theme again. It's question number 19. It says, can believers, even acting in a sincere manner, hinder someone from entering the kingdom by what they say or do? The Bible does say, if you go to Romans chapter 14, yes. you know, Romans 14 is a classic chapter on how believers hinder the weak ones. Romans chapter 14. words one onwards okay accept him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matter there are a lot of matters which are disputable okay for one believes he made all things but he who is weak eats only vegetables okay so there are people who eat all things some eats only vegetables god says now don't don't be a stumbling block mm. don't be a stumbling block Okay, don't try to mess up with their faith okay there are a lot of things which we have especially i'm telling you in a country like india mm. we have to be very very sensitive about these things very very sensitive about things okay we know how sensitive our country is you try go around looking for two let boards what is written only vegetarians you know how difficult it is in india for a christian or a muslim to get a rented place it's because they don't want non vegetarian by non vegetarian they mean beef and beef is a very sensitive thing for them it's not sensitive for us it's very sensitive for them so we do not have to flaunt these things okay now 
We have to be like Brother Zakka and all of that. I would rather give up beef to win a Hindu to Christ than eat beef and be an offering to him. What difference does it make to me if I don't eat beef? If you can, eat it. But if you can't, it's okay. If it will win a brother, it will win somebody over. No? We need to look at all those things. Okay, Like, if you're living in a community which is full of Muslims, would you want to eat pork? Mm. Do you think it will become, it does it become a block for them? Or a Jew, a kosher Jew, would it become a block for them? You have to look at these things. Okay, because you have to look at, see, all things are permissible, Paul says, but all things are not beneficial. So we have to look at it. But one believes he may eat also. We have to be very, very careful, sensitive about these things. Okay, that is genuine, genuine freedom. Okay, so it can be about eating, it can be about days, verse 5. Okay, verse 5. One person esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. We don't have to mock Catholics who fast on Friday. Let them do it. It's okay. Now a Catholic gets saved and comes and says, you know, can I continue my old habit of uh, fasting on Friday? Go ahead, but mm-hmm. pray to Jesus. That's all. Fasting is good. Mm-hmm. Don't pray to Mary. It doesn't work. Now you are saved. You know, Christ has a savior. If you don't, you don't have to change your habit. But if you fast on Friday, it's acceptable to God. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no. Now you have to cut away from, oh, there's nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. Fasting on Friday. You know, we don't put unnecessary stumbling blocks. We don't. We don't put because sometimes you know what happened. No, this okay. Uh, verse six: He who regards, okay, he who observes the day observes it to the Lord. He who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. He who eats eats to the Lord, for he gives God thanks. He who does not eat to the Lord, he does not eat to God thanks. So you see, as long as whatever you are doing is not banned by Scripture. It's what you call disputable things. And you make a law out of it. You make somebody stumble. Though your intention may be right. Right, yes. The intention may be right. You're not, you know, I want you to come to have a closer relation. Give it time. Mm. Let people take their own time. You know, sometimes you can't make a child grow. Child takes its own time to grow. Sometimes we are very impatient. Even God gives a believer three years. We want them to be mature and ready to preach in three months. It does not happen. Okay, so you will see chapter 14 over there, no? And verse 19. Chapter 19. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. We're not talking about compromise, okay? Please be very, very careful. There are certain things... It's, you cannot compromise, but they are fundamental to salvation. You cannot compromise on that. Like the Bible talks about in Hebrews, the six foundations. You cannot compromise. Yes. Repentance from dead work. You cannot compromise on that. Only believe? No. Repent and believe. Faith towards God. You cannot. There is a doctrine of baptisms. Believe and be baptized. Baptize and some might later grow up and believe. Bible doesn't say. It's a believer's baptism. It's very clear. So those things you cannot compromise. You cannot compromise on these things. So we need to be very, very careful about that. What we are talking about is disputable things. Mm. Don't put a stumbling block. 
Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for the man who eats with offense. Okay, so we have to be careful about it. There can be so many things like uh, people fight over music. One type of music is lifted above the others, but as long as the, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about certain forms of music which origins are demonic. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about chorus and hymns and all. As long as they glorify and edify God, and it's a vehicle for any person to worship God, we don't lift one over. Churches have split over these kind of things. Split over these kind of things. So we go back to that question again. We put that question 19, over there. No? 19. Yes, believers can hinder, you know, by someone from entering the kingdom or progressing in the kingdom by what they say, an unkind word. What can they say or what they do? You know, it can, it can stop them. You know, yet, it doesn't, I mean, so I also don't want you to be too self-conscious. That you end up pretending to be something which you are not. Because God doesn't like hypocrites either. Okay? He just wants us to be genuine. Okay? We never forget that we are, we are sinners redeemed by grace. And the simple thing, let me tell you, which people will appreciate is that when you fail, you acknowledge it. You acknowledge it. You know? That is something they understand. They understand. Okay, mm. they understand because our our faith is a faith of mercy, and uh, when they see that we seek mercy and we are merciful people, they will understand our God is different. Okay, but what we say, what we do, especially with non-believers, we have to be very, very, very careful. Mm. Very, very careful. You can blow it away by what you say. Be very careful. They're watching. They are listening. They see your testimony. That's our testimony. Especially when you're working in offices. Like I said, your office space, you can give tracks and all. It does not work. <laughs> they watch you. They watch you. And they will know after some time whether you're genuine or not. Because that's something about faith. You have to be consistent. Consistent about your loyalty to God and be kind to them. It's two things. You can be loyal to God and rude to them or isolate. You cannot isolate yourself. You're insulated inside. You cannot be isolated from your colleagues because that is the key. You are always telling them that I'm there for you. But this is the parameters I have put that I will not, I will not cross these lines. Okay. And I, I know when I worked in that country, you know, but I went for another nation. But I remember all the staff. There were not a single believer in the staff room, around 30 lecturers. Not a single believer. I was the only believer in the staff room. And uh, a week, two weeks later, they knew. Knew I was different. They knew they couldn't get me weekends. That's the drinking time. Drinking, partying time is Saturday <laughs> afternoon onwards. And Sundays, they don't see me. They don't see me. But they see me in the city with a bunch of kids. And they always used to look. Then they, when I come on Monday on the staff room, sir, you came only last week to one month back. We saw you with 30, 50 kids. And they are from all these other institutions. How do you know all of them, sir? I said, okay. I said they are all friends, children. And I used to tell them, because we are going from one meeting to another meeting. 
But I still remember when I finally finished and I was leaving and I came back a month later for something. And I went to the staff room. They were so happy. And they told me, sir, now we know what you were here for. We understood you were working with the church. Now, all of them, not a, none of them were Christians. Okay, They were Muslims, they were Hindus. They said, sir, could you take one meeting? Tomorrow is Sunday, no? Can you take one meeting for us? We want to know about your faith. I said, I have six meetings tomorrow. <coughs> I have no time. I have six meetings tomorrow. I know these guys will all play Saturday, we we'll drink this thing, and they'll wake up only by 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning. They said, what time your first meeting? I said, my first meeting is at 8 o'clock in the morning, and I have till 11 in the night. Then they said, sir, if we wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning, will you come? <laughs> I was looking at these guys. <laughs> I said, I'll come. So you wouldn't believe my first meeting that day began at 6 in the morning with all of them. And I gave. And there was this Muslim brother and his wife from Kannur, the Hindus, all of them sat together. I said, I won't have time for breakfast with you. I will give you the gospel and I will go. And I gave them the gospel. You know, I gave them the gospel. I said, you know what, you know, I said, you always have to look for opportunities. That in your secular space, what we mm. call it, we are never a hindrance to okay. our testimony. Because we are witnesses of Christ. And we have to guard ourselves. Always ask the Lord, help me, Lord, help me, Lord. I, I want to be your witness. Yeah. I don't want to miss your testimony. Out of, out of, you know, uh, turn, word, like, you know, even laugh when they are making an obscene joke. Mm. You know, after some time they realize. Then, like one month later, I realized as soon as I get in the staff room, there is quiet. Then I realized they were talking some junk and they said, Sir James is coming and they stopped. You know, that, 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 that's all that you're asking. I don't want to be part of you. I don't want, I, I love you. You're all young people, but you know that we don't talk that. We don't talk that. We don't talk that. You know? mm. So. It works. It works. You can hinder. And the way you work, I'm telling you, the way you work. Okay, they need to also see that in the secular space, we are second to none. Mm. You know, that we are hard workers. We are hard workers. We work hard. In the secular space, we are not what we say in Hindi Mm cultures. We are hard workers. So these things matter. Otherwise, we can hinder somebody. By what we say or what we do. Amen. And when we fail, we ask for mercy. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Pastor, there's another important question I think you should look for, look at. Uh, this is question number 13. Um, uh, very, very important. If most of the sicknesses, issues, and problems in life are due to sin or disobedience, for example, Matthew chapter 9, verse 2, and John 5, verse 14, this is of course talking about the Pulat Bethesda, mm. and uh, what uh, uh, what is it in the case of demon possession? I'm referring to the New Testament period where Jesus and apostles draw out demons. Why is any person possessed by demons? Was it because of his or her sin, or did they allow themselves to be possessed because of fear or or anything other than other than that, etc. Like in the case of alcohol, first the person allows it, and then he or she will be under its influence. Okay, 
first we need to realize is that after Adam fell, sin came, with sin came sickness. Okay? Sickness is basically the breaking down of the outer man, the body, and the soul. Okay, so sicknesses basically affect your body and your soul because that is the result of sin. That is why the atonement takes care of all this. But there is no full salvation for this body because you can only keep your body blameless. God will give us a new body. When it comes to demons, okay, when it comes to deep, funny thing is that I didn't even see this question in this whole evening I was working on. <laughs> working on the demonic. <laughs> My entire notes is on the demonic. <laughs> okay. If you look at Jesus, his ministry, that's a pattern we follow. If you look at Jesus' ministry, this is the pattern he said. Go preach the kingdom, heal the sick, cast out the demons. It is always... Casting out demons, healing the sick, and preaching the gospel. This is how it always. And we cannot change the pattern. That was the pattern that was given by. The minute we change the pattern, the devil is happy. One of the things the devil hates is his kingdom being exposed. The devil works in darkness. He loves in dark, work in darkness. As long as his kingdom is not exposed, he is quite happy because he can continue to do his work. But the minute you have an encounter and the demonic is exposed, he knows he's exposed. And Jesus said, if I, by the finger of God, cast out demons, because the finger of God is the Spirit of God. Through the Spirit of God, you cast out demons. In Mark 16, one of the first things he says, in my name, you shall cast out demons. Thank you. So the demonic is real. When you talk about the demonic, the origin of the demonic, there are controversies. We don't want to get into that. But demons are like the, the devil's foot soldiers, basically. The ones who do his dirty work. They are disembodied spirits. Disembodied spirits. They are, I don't, from experience, I'm telling you, they are not like the devils, when you use the devil, the demonic fallen angels, they are not like the fallen angels. These are disembodied spirits who crave for a body. And if they cannot get a human body, they'll be satisfied with the animal body also, a pig or a dog or anything. Why? Because they have the cravings of man and they want to satisfy it through. So the demons are made for your flesh. They crave for the flesh. Okay, crave for the flesh. So what happens is over the, how do people get demon possessed? It's because they open doors. They get demon possessed. And the fact of the matter is, which is very, okay. fact of the matter is that if you are not saved, you're demon possessed. If you're not saved, you are under the You are demon possessed, meaning you are under the influence yes. of. Okay. And if, if you are saved, you are still demon possessed. If you do not know how to be delivered. Okay. Let me give you a few stuff. Okay. 
of course, the two gifts to identify is the gift of discernment and the word of knowledge. Okay. Demons are disembodied beings. They're persons without bodies. They crave for a body. If they cannot get a human, they will settle for an animal, a dog, or a pig. They have two main assignments from Satan. One, to keep the person from knowing Christ. Two, if they fail in that, to keep you from serving Christ. Demons move in and occupy areas of your personality. Flesh. And it can be a legion. Remember the man at gatherings. So different parts of your personality can be influenced by different kinds of demons. In Matthew 24 and verse 28, Jesus used this term. 24-28. For wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. The flesh is the carcass. The demons are the eagles. Okay. That settle on the carcass. And the remedies are different. For the flesh, it is the cross. For demons, the remedy is expel them, mm-hmm. cast them out. Note, you cannot expel the flesh and you cannot crucify demons. Okay, you can't. So you have to identify, okay, what do demons do? I'm not giving you an entire study, but because the question was there. They entice. They harass. They torment. They compel. They enslave. And when you have compulsion and enslavement, they become addictions, spirits of addictions, all kinds of addictions. They defile. They deceive. Okay. And then there are spirits of sickness, infirmities, slumber, weariness, passive death or active death. Passively, they just die or they commit suicide. Okay. One word to sum up demonic activity in a person is the person is restless. Mm. While Christ came to give us rest. Rest. Okay. Christ came to give us rest. What the Freemasons did is that they were smart because they had the wisdom of the devil. What they did was that they knew that we could cast out demons. So you know what they did? They split the human soul. They made alter personalities, A-L-T-E-R, not A-R, alter personalities, different personalities, and put demons in them to control them. So what happens is, pastors who do not know this, when they try deliverance, the altar comes out. And you cannot expel an altar because it is part of the human being. Most pastors who have encountered these people have no clue what to do because these altars are part of the human soul which has been split. So they trying to get out in Jesus' name, I bind you. The altar won't go. Altar won't go. Actually, if you listen, the altar will say, I am not a demon. I am not a demon. So the only thing you can do with the altar is that you have to learn how to integrate the altar with the core personality so that it disappears. But you cannot do it unless you cast out the demons in the altar. So they say, I don't want to get into that. So you need to realize that demonization is real. And in the last days, the last days, that is what is going to happen. That is what we saw yesterday, remember, in Genesis, Genesis 
chapter 6 we saw the earth was full, full of violence. violence how did it become because the mind of mankind has been taken over by the demonic mm-hmm. there were two things which jesus said about the last days the last days will be like the days of noah and it is be like the days of lot it is the demonic demonic has come over and taken over okay and the threat is only for them only is the church so what did the devil do he infiltrated the church he infiltrated the church and put up all these fake pastors and prophets and apostles and all who are part of his district and you know what happens then uh, you don't get delivered Mm. but demonization is real infirmity there is spirit of infirmity there are unclean spirits spirit of slum think about it okay every time you come to church and you try to listen to the word of God every time you fall asleep. Every time you decide to read the word of God while you're reading the word of God, you fall asleep. Yet, the same time if you are watching a sports program, you don't fall asleep. I'm talking when it is consistent. You need to realize it is demonic. Mm-hmm. It is demonic. You have a spirit of slumber. Mm-hmm. Okay. And open doors are all kind of open doors are there. Different ways in which they come in. But basically we are not talking about if that is why baptism is very powerful. The believer's baptism, when you repent and you believe and you, you believe, repent, believe and you get baptized. The baptism actually gets rid of all the demons. Gets rid of all the demons. Baptism, if it is a true, genuine, believing baptism, what happens? The demons leave. But on condition, you gather daily for the apostles' doctrine. Because you fill yourself with the word of God, with the word of God, with the word of God, with the word of God. Okay, so look at this. I gave you once again, because somebody may be listening, may be useful for you. Look at this. Devils entice. They tempt people to do evil. I mean, it's just a voice in your head. You're not even thinking that. Suddenly this voice is, why don't you take it? And the illustration, <laughs> the direct princess, and you're walking on an auditorium or something and you see a pen lying over there and say, take the pen. After all, everybody takes. And you wouldn't have normally thought that thought at all. Where did that thought come out of the blue from? You know what? They entice you. They entice you. Voice of a devil. It's just like a thought put into your mind and you know it's not yours because it didn't come naturally. They harass. They harass you, harass you, harass you, harass you, harass you. And I believe this demon was harassing, 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 harassing. And finally Moses lost it. He hit the rock. Just prodding him, prodding him, prodding him, prodding him. That happens to men. Usually with men. They finally, so many things are going wrong, 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 wrong. Then they come home and they blow it up. And they lost it. They say, I lost it. But what happened is, he's a demon. So these are where we need to learn. And they're torment. And torment is basically caused by unforgiveness. Unforgiveness will cause open doors for tormenting spirits. Okay. Then they will compel you. You know, we talk about compulsive disorders. They will compel you. You know, alcohol, drugs, and people do not see alcohol, drugs, gluttony, sex. It's all compulsion. The demons and compulsive talking. You know, so there are women who cannot stop. They can sit the whole day and talk and they do not realize it's demonic. Okay? And they enslave. They enslave. Okay? How do they enslave? You, you, you fall. 
and you repent, you're feeling bad, you go, you confess, you repent, and God cleanses you, he forgives you, but again, you go back to it. You know why? Because you're enslaved to it. Compulsive disorder. It's, you're enslaved to it. You need to be delivered. So you have this compulsion and enslavement together, you become an addict. You become an addict. And examples are very simple. No, I remember the examples which he gave us very simple. He talked about, you know, people just walk in. They get into the house and the first thing, they automatically take the remote and switch the TV on. And they don't know what they're going to watch. But it is like, you know, or they just take a drink, they take a smoke. No. It's, it's, it's an addiction. It's an addiction. And they are not in control. Mm. And that's what the Bible talks about. And then they defile. They make you feel dirty, unclean spirit. Especially when you are trying to worship God. A dirty picture or image or word is projected into your mind. And I have people calling me up and saying, what do I do? Every time I want to pray, only filthy pictures come in my mind. What is that? You need deliverance. It's projection by the enemy. So they deceive. And then deception is going to be defined. All forms of spiritual deception is demonic. And the biggest open door is pride. Wow. Biggest open door is pride. And the safest door to close against them is humility. Because God is humble, Christ is humble, and he gives grace to the humble. Pride is the biggest door. Okay, And that door opens up to the demonic. So, yes, it all began with Adam and Eve, but like we said, when did it really Satan take over? He took over when God by Genesis 6, Satan takes over. When God says, you know what? My spirit will not strive with, with man anymore. So the Holy flesh. Spirit, see, it's, we say in English, nature abhors a vacuum. vacuum. Yes. So when the Holy Spirit withdraws, the other spirits take over. Other spirits take over. Okay. So that is why the Bible is always, if you look at that simple, simple example of that. First Samuel. For Samuel chapter 16. Okay. And verse 14. For Samuel 16, 14. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and a disgusting spirit from the Lord troubled him. Okay. So what happened? One withdraws, the other comes. The Holy Spirit left and God allowed a distressing spirit to come and torment him. After that, you will see his torment, torment, and other spirits are coming in. Now, this is a distressing spirit. Okay, little later you will see the spirit of jealousy comes in. A little later you will see the spirit of murder comes in. Okay, he's only getting worse and worse and worse and worse. You have to understand. Yeah, and finally goes into witchcraft, and he finally goes into the spirit of suicide. He kills himself by his own hands, falls upon his own sword, and dies. Okay, so. That's what the Bible is talking about, boy. So, yes, it is true, but that's why we say stay safe. Pastor, I think one last question you can tackle, I think, in the time yeah. that you have is question number 12. So, this is... Let, let, I just want to finish. Finish, finish. Let me read that question. Did it. Yeah. Was it because of hers in the allowed? Yeah. So, yeah, you open doors knowingly, unknowingly. You open doors. And the only way out is come back to God. Mm. Repent and be delivered. You can do it yourself. 
unless you are really bad case you can do yourself you can always put your hand on your own head and say anything that is not of god ask it to leave in jesus in name. jesus name and you will see you will start yawning okay you will start yawning because they are spirits they like air you will start yawning you know you can do it <coughs> and uh, fill yourself with the word simplest thing is that fill yourself with the word of god so that they don't have space to dwell in your mind your soul or your body actually when you said that uh, satan doesn't want him to be exposed, exposed yeah. uh, you know one of the things that one man of god said that after you get saved after you get baptized tell the devil mm. that you do not belong to him anymore mm. speak it out mm. and so this lady uh, she was there and she confessed she repented and the, and the preacher said now tell the devil that you don't belong to him and she said no 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 i'm not going to tell the devil i don't belong to him she immediately said immediately he cast out the de- uh, demon out and then mm. she got delivered i mean this is true this is real this is this is real absolutely of course this like i think question number 12 will be a follow up question for this because you've mentioned baptism to be a very powerful experience how do i live in the power of my baptism every day and practice it successfully ah uh, romans 6 and reckon Okay, the old English word reckon, <laughs> consider yourself, and I will say eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Got it? Yes, Pastor. Sir, I can't read French. Verse eleven. Yeah. Okay. Verse I want verse eleven. Yeah. Likewise, you also reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin. but alive to god in christ jesus our lord you have to consider yourself to be dead indeed to sin but alive to god in christ jesus our lord okay i mean the simple example we use is that practical is that your baptism is like your wedding day mm. baptism is like your wedding day okay your wedding took place many 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 years ago your baptism also took many many years after your wedding it's your marriage you don't wake up in the morning and say i don't feel like i am married hmm. you know you are married <laughs> no you know you are married okay hmm. your feelings don't matter anymore yes. you know, your feelings don't matter you know you are married and you know the responsibilities that comes with that in the same way reckon yourself dead hmm. okay basically what is a marriage you are dead to that old life for this purpose man shall leave okay you are dead to old kind of life when you were a bachelor that life you are dead and you are living and you will wake up and you will want to go back to that old life but you don't go back mm-hmm. because you cannot go back you know because what is the marker that you cannot go back it's your wedding day it's your wedding day that's the marker that you cannot go back okay so in the same way baptism is your marker Okay. Every day you wake up. Every day you wake up, and you first confess. You first you confess that you are dead. Confess you are dead. Okay, it's a battle. Like I said, the battle is with the with the flesh, mm-hmm. and the only answer to the flesh yes, is the cross. Is the cross. The simple thing is that you know what. What you dislike most is what you have to do. what is that you dislike most in the flesh are the exactly the things which you have to do okay the flesh hates the things of god 
it's forever contending with the spirit and everybody knows what it is each one is not the similar similar areas will be there but it is very clear okay very clear okay and those are the things which you choose to do that is how you practically we go to first uh, uh first peter chapter 4 one onwards okay now we we are not being theological we need to be practical therefore since christ suffered for us in the flesh arm yourself also with the same mind for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin okay that he no longer should live the rest of his time in flesh for the lusts of men but for the will of god okay so what it's talking about you know the old man thinks about himself the new man thinks about others and himself first last the old man always thought about himself first me mine myself mm-hmm. the new man is in the image of christ mm-hmm. what is my father's will so how do you live it out is like let's say let's say tomorrow we will use as an example tomorrow is saturday sunday uh lot of people would want to sleep late because that's what the flesh wants but deep inside you know what the spirit actually wants take yes. a spirit actually wants so what does you do are you going to go with the flesh or the spirit how do you crucify the flesh by doing exactly what the spirit says both the spirit and the flesh dwells in the same body both of them have only one body mm. only one body so it depends upon whose voice you will listen whose voice you will listen and then you listen to the voice of the spirit you wake up and say you know i'm not going to listen to the flesh i'm going to wake up in the morning and i'm going to spend my time with god and then the second thing is that okay like like we think like we think about as men because we are men over here you think about the next people you have in your home is your family okay now the old man wants to be served the new man serves uh-huh. so what do you do the new man has to win the old man wins flesh wins the new man wins flesh is crucified you know what i'm going to do i'm going to do will make life easier for the rest of them not miserable for them but easier <laughs> for them so their life is easy you know what every time you do that the flesh hates it but you know what the power of the flesh is dying right okay yes it mm. is dying and after once you consistently do it you know what it's not a big thing at all it yeah, just automatically comes yes. you know what the flesh is dying in those areas yes. all those areas flesh is dying you know people are making it into very complicated thing yes. it is not complicated mm-hmm. it is complicated when you go in the way of the flesh mm. it's complicated because the flesh is like hell it is never satisfied mm-hmm. it's never satisfied that's the problem with the flesh the spirit is easily satisfied mm-hmm. it's easily very content with the things of god the nature of the flesh is a nature of hell hell says has opened its mouth wide forever increasing you can never satisfy the flesh because it is set on fire from hell itself so if you try to satisfy your flesh you will realize you will always be dissatisfied yes. on the other hand it is easier to go with the spirit it is easier to go with the spirit and that's where it comes okay that's what the bible talks about how jesus crucified if you look at it, early in the morning here okay he's a bachelor he's not married but you can look at his life he gets up early in the morning he spends his time with his father and after that the whole day he's giving his life for others he's not spending it for himself he's given <coughs> over in the process god is sending people into his life who take care of his needs i believe the women cooked for him they washed his clothes all his needs are being taken care of by his father but he's pouring his life out for others and god says 
Each one do that. That's all you have to do. That's all you have to do. Okay. Otherwise, what will happen is that, no, we are baptized, but you are flipping back and forth. Mm. The flesh and the spirit are fighting. The flesh has to be put to death every day. If you're a bachelor, it is very simple. Find out what is that God wants you to do. If you're a married man, it's very simple. What does God want you to do? Yes. And do it. Mm. You can do it for your home. Do it for your spouse. Do it for your children. You know, you don't have to wait for anybody else. You are saying, you know what? I will not allow flesh to dictate to me what is yeah. right and what is wrong because I know what is right. I know what is wrong. And then you look at even Jesus finishes the his ministry on earth with that. You will see in John 21. He's there. Okay. I always have this about where did he, so where did he get the bread from? Because there was bread there, right? Yes. I was wondering, where did he get this bread from? Okay, he made bread. Okay, he created bread. Because he's in the resurrection body, where did he get this bread from? Fish, I can understand, he must have caught, I mean, I mean, he's God, okay, mm-hmm. so he's not a big thing. But the fact is that, even in his last, he's still serving. He's still serving oh, his yeah. disciples, because yeah. that is his bride. That is his spouse. Mm-hmm. You know what he see? He's cooked for them. They have toiled the whole night. They caught nothing. And you know, he's cooked for them. And he says, come. If you got something, bring. He's still taking care of them. You see that? Though he has no flesh. He has no flesh. Because he's, he said, no, he's a new resurrection body. But what is he still doing? He's still serving. <laughs> he's still serving. Hallelujah. And you know what happens? When you serve, you'll be always happy. Amen. Will be always be content. When you're waiting to be served, Sir. okay, when you're waiting to be never served, be flesh will <laughs> never, never be satisfied. Never be satisfied. satisfied. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Amen. And that way. And that's what Paul, look at Paul. Let's have one final from Second Corinthians 4 and, sorry, Second Timothy 4, verse 7 or 6. 4, 7 and 6. 7. For the good fight. 6, 6. Yeah. That is it. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure is at hand. You know what he's talking about? My his life. last, his entire life, life has been poured out on the altar for the service of God's people. Mm-hmm. Unto God and unto man. He says, I am offered and I have fought the good fight. Yes. He did not end, end up as a bitter, a discontent man. He ended up as a man full of joy, full of peace, victory. And you know what? His entire life was poured out. That is it. How you live in the life. You cannot be idle. You cannot be idle. That is the thing. Let me tell you. I'm not just, I'm just telling you because you young people are there. I, now after I moved in here, I sweep this at least five times a day. If you look at the windows, it's all been wiped. Because I cannot sit idle. I am here. This is my home. If I am here, it is going to be speak and span. It's going, I want to keep it that way. Why? It's my father's property. It's not the landlord's. The earth and the fullness belongs to my God. It belongs to my God. Okay. And you have to think about it that way yourself. Somebody rents you his, your apartment and all. It's your father's property. It is not his. The earth and the fullness belongs to God. Of course he will burn it up all in fire. But when it burns it up on fire, at least he should say there was less dirt to burn up in your house because you took care of my property. You took care of my property. You know? And these are simple practical things which you need to do, you know, but nobody has to see. Nobody has to see. This is between you and God. 
This is between you and God. You are stewards of God's property, steward of your body, steward of your soul, steward of his earth. If every man in India picked up the plastic bags, there would be no plastic junk in this country. No plastic junk, no. Just throwing it everywhere, all around the place. We were just faithful in those little, little things. You will suddenly realize, you know what? I have no time to waste. Uh, that's what I said. This is one of the best things which I like. You can listen to a message and do hundred different things. You know, hundred different things. I even washed the bathrooms today in the morning. Because I went and looked in the other bathroom and I said, it's not dirty. But I did not have enough acid. So I decided tomorrow evening I go buy acid and clean the bathroom. Why? Because I'm living here. And other people go over there. And that's not the way my bathroom looks. You know? The thing is that you cannot, because you will take it wherever you go. One day you will all become your own stewards of your own ministries, your own pastors with people under you. And you will realize, you know what? That's what Paul tells, manner of life and conversation. All that I have shown you, imitate. And those of us who have called to be leaders, we cast a very large shadow. Good or bad. So we need to choose that. A lot of people can find shade in our shadows. Okay in our shadow. So take it this. Wherever you are staying over there, or wherever you are staying over there, keep it, like like I said, keep it as a place where Jesus would be comfortable to come in. Jesus would be comfortable to come in and stay with you. you know? And you know what? It becomes a practice. But where did you learn it all from? Even when he rose from the dead, he folded his handkerchief and he left. Isn't that what is written? At the tomb, his headcloth was wrapped up properly and kept. You know, I mean, how meticulous he is. You know, did he say that when they crucified him, they cast lots on his cloth? Do you know there was no tear on it? Mm. There's no tear on it. That's why I wasn't just boasting or just telling hmm, Peter. Do you know how old that shirt is? Is there a hole in it? There's no hole in it because I personally wash my clothes. As long as it can last. You know why? Jesus, if it had holes in it, they wouldn't have cast lots on it. Understand, this is the ruler of the universe. He could create things like this, but he was an extremely good steward of what his father gave him into his hands. And we have to learn these things. How to handle what God has given us. And if God says, you know what? That day he will say, I saw you with little, little, little things. These are little things. But that's what the Bible is talking about, little things. I've seen people, a little crack, they throw it away. A little crack, they throw it away. Really? In India, we throw things away. We don't throw things away like that. We don't have to throw. Immediately go buy new ones. What? We don't. We can use it. We can use it. Remember, we live in a very poor country. where One third of the people still don't have one meal to eat. And if you can save can always have money to give away. You know, and that is how you save. In Malayalam we say many drops make the ocean. Mm. You don't save by lumps. You save a little here, a little there, a little here. You are very, very frugal in what you spend for yourself. You are generous towards others. You are very, very frugal in what you spend on yourself so that you... That's what the Bible says in Ephesians. Let he who stole work so that he can have something to give. Mm. 
Okay. These are fundamental principles of life. And people, if they are really understood, this is what a man who has died in his baptism come alive in Christ lives. He knows he is accountable to God. And I'm, this body is God's. What would Christ do? With his time and with his strength, with his what he, whatever resources God has given, what would he be? Lord, help me, Lord, help me. You know what? You take it with you to heaven. Think that those are the only things you take you with it, heaven. And you reach heaven and God's where to say, well done. My good and faithful servant, enter into my joy. Well done. And that's a simple thing. It's not that your Hindu landlords and all appreciate you. Thank God. They said, wow, you take care of our places just like your own. That's good. At least you heard from a Gentile say, okay, that's good. Okay, but more than that, it's our God who has to say. You know, because we are not doing it for him. We are doing it for him. Because we really believe the earth and the fullness belongs to God. And I believe this belongs to God. Even when we vacate and go, it still belongs to him. Nobody owns it. If anybody owns anything, they would take something with them to heaven. Nobody has taken anything to heaven. Mm. You know? So get these fundamental principles and live life. So that in heaven, even if you don't earn anything over here, it doesn't matter. We should own something in heaven. God should say, take over. Yes, we shall pray. Amen. Yes, Pastor Vida, would you lead us in prayer? Father, we just want to thank you, Father, once again for this evening. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to our hearts, all of us. Father, enable us, Lord Jesus, to change. Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But Lord, uh, Father, you said, O oh Lord, you will quicken our mortal bodies by the spirit that is there within each one of our hearts, that you placed inside of our hearts. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are a good God and that you discipline your children and you speak to your children and you encourage your children because we are your children. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for this time once again. Thank you, Father, for the answers that we have heard. We believe, Father, that, Lord, that word we, that we heard, Father, will, uh, Lord, uh, will bear fruit in our lives and that we will repent and we will change and we will bring forth fruit in keeping in keeping with repentance, O oh Lord. Thank you once again for this day, O oh Lord, and even as we depart from this place, and Lord, I pray, Lord, if you give us another day in the land of the living and uh, to be found in your house on time, Lord, I pray that you would uh, reach us all uh, safely to your house on time so that, Lord, we'll be prepared to worship you and to hear from you. We thank you, we praise you for this time, for in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.